Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. I want to share a message today that is a prophetic message. I'm calling it a message both to our church, but also to the body of Christ. And I think we've heard some prophetic revelation uh, through the prophecies this morning that would indicate um, that God is speaking beyond just Faith Point Church, but he's speaking to the church universally, um, both in our nation and the nations of the world. So I've called this message Reset, as this is a word that has been um, bandied about prophetically. But everything I'm sharing in this message today has not come from any other prophets, hasn't come from anyone sharing this is a message that I sat down on Thursday and God just rifled this through my spirit and I want to share it with you. So I'm just going to share the PowerPoint as we come through so that you've got something to look at in the screen. And um, so you can see some notes there. I'm reading from the account where Jesus uh, went up to the Passover in John 2 and, uh, and we saw a rare display of emotion with Christ. He was both upset, but he was also very, very angry. Uh, this is the angry Jesus that people don't believe actually exists, but it's real. Uh, we see it in the scriptures. And reading from verse 13 of John 2, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changes' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, and listen to these words, take these things away. I'm going to be sharing prophetically some of the things I feel Christ is wanting to take away from the church this morning. But Praise God, whenever he takes something away, he's got something better to replace it with. So Jesus said to those who sold us, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. You know, as we have come into this COVID-19 virus, literally it shut down the world. It shut down most of the economic activity. The borders have been closed. Literally, the world has ground to a halt. It is a once-in-a-generation event. We know that previous generations have experienced things like the Spanish flu, the great influenza in 1918 that killed a lot more people than the COVID-19 has killed. So we know that these events happen uh, once in a generation. But the thing that's really taken my interest is simply this is that not only are the world's economies closed down, but the church and the way it has been gathered has been closed down. And so this has piqued my interest, where I'm saying, Lord, why uh, have you shut down our meetings? Why have you shut down the way that we have gathering? When you bring the church to a halt like this, then surely there is a clear message that you're bringing to us. And... Uh, and I want to share today, um, you know, Jesus was confrontive in this approach at the temple that day. 
he um, he sat down at some point and he made a whip with cords on it, which he used to drive out these greedy men that had turned the house of God into a den of thieves. And so it was something that he was both passionate about and it was something that he was unafraid to do to demonstrate the displeasure of God. And so I want to um, I want to talk today about this word reset. And I want us to be able to uh, have a quick look at the dictionary definition here. Reset means to set, adjust, or fix in a new or a different way. So in other words, when a reset happens, it's not business as usual. There's change afoot. God is wanting to fix something in a new or a different way moving forward from COVID-19. And I believe that we're hearing some of that this morning. We've heard about intimacy. We've heard about uh, dropping things off. Pastor Phil, dropping certain things off so we can move to the next level in God. And I want to touch on some of these things. And so I've got five clear shifts that I feel God is uh, talking to us about. And the first one, um, our elder Christine Dyson has already prophesied about. And the first shift I feel God is speaking to the church about is from distant towards intimacy. From being distant in our walk, our relationship, our positioning, our posture, uh, moving from a place of overactivity into a place of resting in God, moving from the Martha personality who was so busy that Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're so preoccupied, you're so busy doing all these things, you need to be more like your sister who's sitting at my feet, come and be more like her. So it's moving from a place of over-busyness. It's moving from a place of impersonal to personal, of connecting personally with Jesus in a way that we've never done before. And Hebrews 4 talks about finding this type of intimacy, this type of rest. In verse 9, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. The challenge I want to bring to you on this first shift is simply this church. Jesus said to those in the temple, take these away from here. Remove them out of this place. They're no longer welcome. What is it that God is saying to you as an individual that Christ wants to remove from your life so that you can cease from your own works and enter into God's rest today. It's a place of abiding in him, as Curtis has referred to the John 15 message, and allowing his word to remain and abide in us. It's a place of the sap flowing from the vine down into the branches of the church, down into individuals' lives. And this isn't going to happen if we're going to continue as business as usual. If there were things that we were doing pre-COVID-19 that were robbing us of getting still before God, be still and know that I'm God, then these are the things Christ wants to remove from our lives in order that there is no more distance between him and us, but we've bridged the gap and we've found a new place of intimacy in Christ. Interestingly enough, Jesus' motto of ministry was found in John 5:19, where he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. This is a complete 
united, a complete union of Christ with the Father. And we see this is how Jesus operated continuously. He knew exactly what was on the agenda for the day. He knew where he should be, what he should be doing, like Curtis and Owen's testimony this morning, where they found themselves in the middle of a bush. And here's a man that's been waiting for a divine appointment, like Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot. Uh, what an incredible story that was, and what an incredible story that was, testimony that was of Curtis and Owen this morning. And this is the mo this is no more distance. This is now time. It's now time for us to um, enter into a place where we're not going to allow distance between us and the Lord. The second shift I see is moving from being attenders, church attenders, to the place of discipleship, being a disciple of Jesus. You know, Jesus never called us to come and be an attender. He said, I want you to become a disciple. And he told his own disciples to go and make more disciples. And as we uh, approach this shift, we've got to understand that the benchmark for us is not how many church meetings we attend. The benchmark for us is, are we being obedient to what Jesus has been saying? And we've heard that very clear through prophecy this morning. And so it's, it's, um, you know, the two main things that Jesus told us to do was the great commandment, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves, and the, the great commission, to go and make disciples of all nations. These are the two things that Christ has asked us to be obedient to. And if we're not being obedient to those two things, we're, we're simply fooling ourselves and calling ourselves a disciple. A disciple is one who's obedient to what Jesus has asked us to do. So let's move out of this, you know, what church do you go to? No, what kind of relationship do you have with Jesus? Are you a disciple? Are you displaying that fruit? Jesus said, you'll know that they're my disciples by the love that they have one for another. The third shift is a shift of moving from being hearers only to doers also. James warned us about this in the book of James Verse 22, chapter 1, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. I could have also called this shift moving from being a consumer to a producer or a consumer to a contributor. Um, you know, for too long, the Western mode of church has been about receive, receive, receive. And sometimes we've been like spiritual gluttons where we've feasted upon word content, we've feasted upon Bible studies, we've feasted upon small group gatherings, but we've, we, we haven't been putting the word into practice. And Jesus says through James, by doing this, we're only deceiving ourselves. And the reality is our human nature, our sinful nature, it loves to consume without being held account. No accountability. Just give me more, but don't ask me with what I'm doing with what I've received. And so I think Christ wants to remove this aspect from our lives. Let's continue to hear, but let's do more than hear. Let's put into practice. I believe an army is rising prophetically throughout the earth that is going to be instantly obedient. Someone once said that delayed obedience to Christ is disobedience. Delayed obedience not doing what you know you should be doing right now 
is actual disobedience. And the army that Christ is rising up now is an army that's going to be instantly and immediately obedient to the word of God and putting into practice. Yes, we might still consume things that God is giving to us, but we're going to move from that mode of it's more blessed to give than it is to receive only. So that's the third shift that I feel Christ is talking to us about. The fourth one, this really has been um, rifling around in my spirit, is we've got to move out of the copycat to the innovative mode of operation. The word innovate means this, to make changes in something established, especially by introducing new methods, ideas, or products. To make changes in something established, especially by introducing new methods, ideas, or products. M many of us who have lived through a few decades of following the Lord, we've seen the trends that have taken place in the church. And some of these trends have been tremendous trends. Some of the models that people have adopted in following Christ and leaders have followed uh, by watching what other churches are doing some of them have been a real blessing. But too often and more often than not, pastors have simply copycatted what other churches have been doing without any personal reference to the Holy Spirit. They just say, oh, that's working for that church. Look how successful they are. Uh, I think I'll do what they're doing and watch my church become successful too. It's like Jesus isn't even in the picture. And I believe that God is bringing us away from being copycat. He wants to make changes in our own church. He wants new um, innovative practices to emerge out of Faith Point Church that have come directly from the Holy Spirit that is going to cause us to be relevant to our community. It's going to cause us to be cutting edge to what God is doing and saying in the world today as Jesus introduces new methods, ideas, or products. And I'm often... You know, I, I think of how innovative God is. You know, so often we, God will tell us to do something. We obey him. It's successful. We see a great outcome. And then the next time we don't even refer to the Lord. We just say, oh, this worked for me last time. I'm just going to copy what I did last time. And God says, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to incline your ear, incline your heart. And I want you to listen to what I want to speak into this situation. We know the journey from Egypt to the Jordan River as the children of Israel left 400 years of slavery and they came on, right on the border of, of, of the land of Canaan and they knew there were giants in the land that had battles all the way from Egypt to get to the Jordan River um, and they knew right on the other side of the Jordan was a tremendously fortified city called Jericho. And what does God do? He says... Don't worry, Joshua. I know this is your first attempt at leading the people of God as the commander-in-chief, but I'm going to give you the city. I'm going to give it into your hands, but it's not going to be by conventional methods. I'm going to give this to you, and I want you to follow my instructions. And then God proceeded to tell him, I want you to walk around the city once a day for six days. I don't want you to say anything. I want all your warriors to walk around the city of Jericho, which was quite a distance. 
and uh, I don't want you to say anything. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around it seven times, still keeping silent. And then when you finish the last, uh, the last time around, the seventh time, I want the priests to blow their trumpets. And then I want all the mighty men of war not to pick up your weapons, not to pick up your, your bows, your arrows, your spears, your shields. But I want you to shout with all your might. Hallelujah. And the walls are going to fall flat. Can you kind of get this picture? This picture seems so ridiculous to the rational human mind. That, so that's it, God. That This is your new method. You want us to simply shout and the walls are going to fall down. Uh, is there another plan here that I should know about? Because this plan feels a little flimsy to me right now. And we're going to understand that God is an innovator himself. He always has something new, something, a, a, a new idea that he wants to present to the church in order to win the world. And right now, I believe that God is in the process of tapping on people's hearts who are prepared to be innovators, who are prepared to actually focus their attention, not to look to the left or to the right, but look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to innovate in the season that we're living in in order for me to be effective and in order for me to be successful? You know, Jesus is preaching all day and uh, there's 5,000 men and women. Uh, well, 5,000 men at least we know about. And uh, they hadn't eaten all day. And, um, and Jesus says to his disciples, after they came moaning to him, oh, the people are hungry. And Jesus said to him, you give them something to eat. And we said, we don't have anything. And Jesus said, take another look. What do you have? And one boy had brought his lunch with a few fish and loaves. And uh, Jesus said, bring it to me. He prayed over it. He blessed it. And that one boy's lunch fed 5,000 people that day. That's what I call innovation. So rather than saying and moaning all the time, I don't have this gift. I don't have that. I'm not, you know, I'm nobody special. You need to actually be asking yourself today, church, what is it that I actually have in my hand today? What has God given to me that he wants to use and multiply out of my life? Praise the Lord. And the fifth and final, um, the fifth and final uh, shift that I feel God is speaking to the church about, and this has been on his heart for a while, and this has been in our face over the COVID-19, is to move from the attractional model of church, which is basically setting up uh, the stage in such a way that, that this is the attraction. This is what the church is coming to see. This is what the church is coming to hear. Or this is what the church is coming to, to observe. And, and so we, we, we have the best of the best we put that on stage, and then we invite the people to come. And, uh, and I believe that, that as we have been blocked from our buildings and blocked from our attendance and our gatherings, this shift has really been in our face. We haven't been able to continue to do church as usual. We haven't been able to function as we were previously. And for a long time, I've been saying, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're saying come to church and Jesus saying go into all the world and bring the gospel to the people. And so for us to make this shift from the attractional model of church and just expecting people to rock up and turn up to our meetings, 
I believe that God wants to disseminate the church into the community. He wants us to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And to do this effectively, we've got to be nimble. We've got to be mobile. We've got to be community orientated. We've got to go into the community and find out where the itch is in the community and then go and find ways and means of satisfying that itch and scratching that need and meeting those needs that are in the community by being mobile, by being nimble. And this is why we're starting up um, the D groups. You know, we believe that this is the time. What God has shown us as a leadership and as a church is that we need to be in community with each other. We need to be building transparent relationships with each other. We, we need to be able to be there to encourage. Don't, didn't you feel encouraged this morning with the prophetic word that will you imagine meeting together in your own D group each week where you're able to encourage, pray for each other. You're able to meet one another's needs, blessed to be a blessing. And so I really want to encourage you to sign up to a D group, you know. Uh, don't allow the barriers. Oh, I don't know who I'll be in a group with, and they may not be nice to me. Come on. If they're not nice to you, I get my stick out, and I'll chase them down, and I'll give them a whack for you. We need to understand today that, that, that uh, we've got to get past all of our excuses and let the church be the church. Let's be the church that's nimble. Let's be the church that is mobile. You know, we, we haven't been able to meet us. We, we've done the best that we can. We've adapted. We're adopting new technology. We're coming to a place where we want to be the missional body of Christ in the community. And so I really want to encourage you, this is the time that God is asking us to shift. You know, let's not allow the attractional model to be the one and only thing that's holding us together. You know, if some of you have, you know, struggled to get into these Zoom rooms, but you're here, you've made it and you've surprised yourself. Wow. You know, I've adapted, I've adopted a new method of meeting together with my brothers and sisters. Well, I want to tell you, there's a lot more adaptation in you than what you realize. There's a lot more of a heart for mission in you than what you understand. And I believe this is the bride. This is the church that is going to reach the world that we're living in right now. Jesus said this, as I finish this message this morning, this was how Jesus operated. Sorry, John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them again, notice again, he's saying, I'm reiterating this. I'm driving this point home. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was saying, it's not about coming, it's about going. He's saying, look at the way I've lived my life. Every day the Father has sent me on an assignment. And now I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, but it's not to consume on yourselves. But I'm sending you as the Father has sent me to be the church, to be my hands and feet, to be my disciples in the community and the location that I've placed you in, to move away from having such a, 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 a attractional based model of the church gathering together. And, you know, I, I've seen and experienced this through my many years of traveling into uh, nations in Southeast Asia, where I've seen the church explode as, uh, as they, they don't have buildings to meet in. They, they have villages, they have huts, they have houses, they have 
secret locations to gather in because of the persecution. And yet the gospel has exploded in their midst because they've taken on the model. We don't have to have a giant big gathering in order to be the church. We can be the church where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. So church, I know this is possibly a confrontational message. I believe it's prophetic in nature. I believe that each one of these shifts is exactly where the Holy Spirit is pointing the church right now. And, and I'm sad to say, if we don't move with God in this season that we're in, we're going to be stuck in an old wineskin and we're going to miss out on the new wine. Christ has said there's new wine available for the church. Will you adapt? Will you adopt? Will you shift with me? Will you move with me? And so here's two questions to ask yourself at the end of this message today. Lord, what are you wanting me to do in this crucial time in world history? What are you wanting me to do in this crucial time? How do you want to use me? And secondly, what changes are you wanting me to make at this time that the world has ground to a halt? Remember the opening passage of Jesus visiting the temple? And he said, take these things away. They're no longer welcome in my house. What is it that God wants to remove from your life today in order for the Holy Spirit to point you and to cause you to adapt and adopt, to be innovative, to be the church in the community, to be his hands and feet to your street, to your neighborhood, to be the one that, that Jesus can count on, to be at the right place at the right time in some random bushwalk next to a creek, meeting a random stranger, sharing the gospel and water baptized. Isn't that incredible? That's what God can do in our lives. So I want to take the opportunity to pray as we finish this. So if you'd like to just to take an op just a moment, just to perhaps close your eyes and let's be still for a moment and let's hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I know you've been speaking to our church this morning. I know you've been speaking to my life. And I know you've been speaking to many individuals. Lord, you're wanting to do something incredibly amazing in these days that we're living in. We've seen that you can bring the world to its knees within just a few days of warning. We know, Lord, that in the same way you can, your fire can spread around the world through an obedient bride, the bride of Christ. Lord, may we be that bride for this day and for this hour. May we be the true church of Jesus Christ. May we not be known as attenders, but rather as disciples. May we be innovative in our approach, always looking to you for new ideas and what you're speaking to us. Lord, you said those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. I pray today that we would learn to be led in new ways. Help us to expand, to open our heart, to be enlarged spiritually at this season, Lord, where we are right now ready and we're saying, Lord, I'm not quite sure what this is going to mean, but I'm ready, I'm willing, and I'm waiting for your Spirit to move in my life in a new way. So I thank you, Father. I thank you for cleansing and forgiveness as we came around the emblems today. I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, to make all this possible. 
But Lord, I thank you today that you haven't left us as orphans. When you went back to the Father, Jesus, you sent the Holy Spirit, and he's here with us now. So Lord, it's time for a new level of intimacy in our walk with the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, we address you, we speak directly to you. We know that you're here in our bodies. And we acknowledge you, we acknowledge the new things that you're wanting to do in us. So come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.